Hello, everybody, and welcome to Z Prime on the Grid, our show about issues concerning the energy industry. I'm your host, Dylan Lockwood. Joining me, as always, is research analyst Aaron Hardick. Thank you, Dylan. I'm happy to be here. And we have a great guest with us today. A digital utility transformation and complex program delivery expert from PA Consulting and upcoming ETS-19 speaker, Ross Smith. Ross, thank you for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what your consultation work in energy pertains to? Sure. So um, uh, I'm a partner with PA Consulting Group, and I have been now for about 16 years. And over that time frame, a lot of the work I lead with with my colleagues and with clients is around uh, complex program delivery, as you said, so large uh, system implementation programs, but more in the last several years from a digital transformation perspective, um, both for uh, in the customer realm, grid modernization, um, and sort of integrated work management are the areas that uh, that I've been involved in over the last several years. Yeah, uh, utilities t- are talking a lot ad nauseum about digital transformation, uh, especially in the realm of customer relations and <clears throat> and operations and the like. So, uh, what specifically do you help them with in the in the transformation process? Good question. So, one, I guess you know, I look at it not so much as transformation. I think one of the the things a lot of people talk about is, is transformation. And of course, utilities over decades have been transforming. Um, technology isn't particularly new. It's just the, the, the level of disruption and the type of disruption uh, is, is different now. So it's more of an evolution, I think, just to kind of make that distinction. Um, and, and my involvement starts sort of from a life cycle perspective. And, and what we do is help from from what we call insight to implementation. So insight being, you know, a business problem, a challenge, strategy, roadmap. Um, how do you deconstruct a complex journey that the utility has to go on uh, and figure out from a capital budget perspective, an OPEX perspective, both how to get that um, journey, get through that journey, but then how to set the organization up appropriately so they capitalize on that investment and really drive value for all stakeholders, but in particular in today's sort of utility world um, with a focus on the customer and on, on employees. So, Ross, I think one of the things, and I totally agree with you in the sense that this is an evolution. Utilities have been continuously changing, but yes, the the level of disruption due to technology and, and decentralization and decarbonization is just really forcing that change to, to happen a little bit quicker right now. But I think one thing that a lot of utilities struggle with, and I'm sure you see this all the time, is how to prioritize um, projects to kind of get the ball rolling. A lot of utilities kind of get stuck on what to do first, especially when it comes to customer-facing innovation. So what are you seeing a lot of your utilities kind of try to knock out first or prioritize when it comes to that digitalizing that customer experience or customer engagement? Oh, good, good question. I guess I have kind of two answers because there's utilities I see take two different paths. So, so let me talk about what I see more as the common path. And it's driven a lot by the regulatory kind of frameworks under which utilities often operate um, and they're, they're budgeting 
approach is very linear in terms of how they think about their five-year plan. So often it's a portfolio of projects that they're trying to prioritize. And the most common way is, is obviously based on the definition of a business case, the business case with, you know, the bigger bang for buck um, or for, you know, the contribution to strategic aims, which, you know, customer satisfaction ratings or something might be, might be one above, above specific dollars and how they prioritize them. The challenge with that, of course, is the strength of the business case is often variable across the portfolio. So how decisions get made about which ones to fund and in which order um, really come down to individual business cases. And there's also the challenge then of those individual business cases um, competing in a sense, not only for the dollars um, and resources, but they're also often defining business benefits or outcomes that are duplicated or overlap across business cases. And that's a real challenge for trying to figure that out. Uh, I'm not saying that's the right way to do it, but that certainly is what I see a lot of utilities with their um, budget models, business case, and long-term planning is how they approach it. The ones I think that have kind of got it right and, and improved upon that is the next iteration of really looking at it as a portfolio that's delivering new capability to customers, to employees. So rather than down at the siloed, compartmentalized business case that fits into, you know, uh, customer service or field operations, you know, very siloed or specific functions, they're looking at it across the value chain. Um, and there's some good examples out there. One of our clients um, looked at a business case that, that talked about how to improve um, customer experience, so new digital channels, uh, web and mobile, um, for example, um, or improved digital channels, um, IDRU, chatbots, on one end, but realized that if they didn't fix some of the field operations challenges, um, you know, getting uh, good quality uh, estimated time to restore ETRs back to the customer service through those channels, and they were kind of missing the trip, right? They fixed half the problem and they may have improved the operations and added digital technology, but they didn't really influence at the end of the day, the customer experience. So bundling those individual sort of business cases or technology implications into an overall program is, is where I've seen them be more successful and deliver better value. I've seen the similar thing that you have in the first instance you were talking about, this hesitancy to sometimes move forward with building out business cases within certain functional areas of utilities because you don't want to risk kind of double counting of value of something that may have been um, accounted for in another business case in another area of your utility. So it's kind of causing some utilities to be stagnant because you have so many different groups working on these different initiatives and some of them may be saying well we need these resources and we're going to account for this efficiency but another group also may be accounting for the same thing so then it's really difficult for them to start to prove these business cases in that very siloed manner. Aaron brings up a good point that that our that our industry is notoriously slow at, at moving forward with these sorts of evolutions. How do you go about promoting organizational agility in the energy industry? Right. So, so first, let me talk about what organizational agility is, at least from from how we think about it and talk about it. 
um, and with clients. So we get involved a lot with um, financial services, um, pharmaceuticals, uh, really transforming and changing the way in which they operate top to bottom. And, and I don't just mean processes and tools, I mean it's a cultural shift. So when you talk about organizational agility, in the utility space, a lot of what I hear and see is, you know, hey, we've, we've trained some of our people in Agile. Um, they now have a few pilot programs running in Agile and we're using certain tools. So we've improved our organizational agility. It doesn't really move the needle. Um, and it doesn't address, as I said, that cultural shift as to how the organization actually operates. So, you know, how do you help or how do you promote it? I, I'm not sure you really need to. At the leadership level, I think there's an understanding of the need for this type of change, and they can see in other industries the benefits it's had. But it's hard because it is pushing against culture and the way the organization has operated for decades. Um, so it's more a question of how do you get started? Um, and, and the answer is not just with a few training and coaching sessions of the IT staff. It is truly driven from the C-suite as a organizational priority and the C-suite really making sure they know and understand what it means for their business um, when they say agility or organizational agility. Dylan, I think this ties back to what Ross was talking about earlier, with those two different types of kind of scenarios that he's seeing utilities make uh, decisions in. I've seen this too in that first scenario that Ross had mentioned where you have kind of these individual functional areas within utilities who are trying to build out these business cases but will sometimes uh, get stopped because they will try to account for a resource or account for an efficiency that may have already been recognized in a business case being built by another functional area of that utility, they just aren't aware or those two groups aren't aware of how to work together to kind of share the value added from both of their business cases and prove that um, in a more integrated way. So the utilities that are doing things like that are having a lot of issues being agile because of simply just the way their decisions are being made around investments in technology and building business cases around those. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I guess I'd kind of parse that a little bit in a few different things. So, so one, um, the, the budgeting approach, which is typically a five-year budget plan, capital and, and OPEX, with a huge amount of pressure on OPEX reduction across the industry, um, that drives certain thinking in terms of the length of, of large programs or, or where and how the money is going to get allocated in a given year. So that drives certain behaviors and certain thinking. To your second point, one of the, the critical things we see that needs to change and isn't happening quickly enough, I don't think, is you know a lot of the, the thinking and the structure uh, that goes into these business cases is manifested be because of the organizational structure of utilities, which are very traditionally siloed and functionally distinct across the whole value chain. Whereas today, of course, th the integration across the value chain, particularly to serve the customer, you know, it, it, it can be enabled through technology in a way that you need to reimagine what that organizational structure should be 
what the reporting line should be, what, you know, how you're collapsing or, or merging perhaps all of your customer facing functions into under one, um, uh, one senior leader. So you've got that unified view rather than this fragmentation, which you, uh, you see today. So how is the evolution of digitization forcing utilities to change, especially on the operations side? So, so let me try and describe it and answer your question this way. So uh, uh, the approach that I see a lot of utilities take to digitization, so adding you know, more digital channels or digital capability um, technology to their business, predictive analytics, artificial intelligence, chatbots, you know, this type of thing. Um, a lot of it is, is kind of viewed and looked at as a focus on the technology and on the data. And that's what gets sort of most of the attention. And again, as we talked about before, because the business cases in the funding is often siloed into functional areas, you know, the projects are chunked up in a way that fit into the customer realm or field services or electric operations. That's where it sits. And there isn't a lot of that that look across the organization as to where things tied together or the full value chain and consideration. So the effect that has is you can layer in this new technology and spend the money, but you don't then modify the organizational design and workflow in a way that really joins up across the whole value chain in, in a new reimagined way that really is optimal. So you're plunking new technology into pieces of the, the um, value chain, but then losing out on that opportunity to really align those together. So if you do that, it's not so much tactical, because then strategically you're looking at, uh, again, at the high level, the business case uh, across the value chain rather than individual silos or functions, um, and you can drive uh, much more, more value. Uh, from the technology investment. So to, that answered your question. <laughs> uh, it does. So to get a little deeper, how does a utility not just deploy technology and upgrade its systems, but instead embed technology and data into the DNA of the utility? And this is the key, I think, that um, I see a lot of when I hear conversations in industry that, that it, this is the missing point, or I suppose the, the crux of it is, this isn't just another technology upgrade for the utility. This is truly embedding it in, in the DNA of the organization and that cultural shift. So it speaks to organizational agility and how the utility operates um, and the adoption of agile uh, ways of working. Again, not just in IT, but culturally across the organization, really changing the shift of how they operate. Uh, the other is, is what we call the digital operating model. So again, reimagining the organizational structure of the, the organization as to how to optimize and take advantage of those technology investments by really embedding it uh, into the organization. And that, that requires hard decisions. Um, you know, in, in these siloed organizations that have existed in their, their current form or for quite a long time, you're really changing and challenging the status quo. And, th and that's hard. Um, but that, again, comes, you have the opportunity with this technology investments to bundle those two things together um, instead of just making it a reorg for the sake of a reorg. You know, you're, you're doing this for a reason. So those are two specific things, I think, that make a real difference in, in helping make this shift.
not to give away too much consulting for free, but can you give like an example of how of the difference between just pl- plugging something in and like embedding it into the data and DNA utility, like just with one specific technology or one specific uh, case that you you've heard of? Uh, uh, so maybe I'll try it this way. Um, in in terms of, uh, I'll shift to IT from an IT shop perspective because that's I think something everyone can understand. And there's this classic divide between business and operations and IT that's existed for for decades. Um, but it, it, it's changing now in the sense that um, you know the digital operating model for IT isn't just we've implemented a new work management system, and therefore we need to um, retrain some of our IT support staff to understand this new technology. That's the simple approach. Now it's more shifting to look at, okay, we are implementing this new integrated work management solution. How are we then going to feed and water this and evolve this solution with IT in the most cost-effective way and agile manner? And what are the competencies and talent that we will need to attract and retain to really give us the, the strength we need with, within our business. And that's not easy, but that's the kind of thinking to change from the old school way of saying, well, we, we need two more FTE headcount and IT to look after the integrated work management system now beyond what we had before. It's really thinking about how you're engaging with the business and the team that will interact as a collective um, to, to really iterate through and evolve that integrated work management system over the long term. Ross, with new avenues of customer engagement and new technologies, forcing a change in the way uh, utilities interact with their customers and with their employees, uh, are you seeing a change as well in how they interact with you know, third parties like, like PA Consulting or other, or other folks? So I am. I don't think it's a drastic change, but over over the years, of course, as utilities needed additional competencies or capacity within their business to implement a new CIS solution, for example, um, or a new integrated work management solution, they would go to the external market and look for individuals and, and experts and firms, both with the software and the service capability to help them with that specifically. And it would be a very almost transactional type relationship um, of come in at the beginning of the project, help them through it, um, and then they exit at the end after some handover and, and upskilling or knowledge transfer. So today, I see it much differently. And in fact, we've pivoted and operate kind of not quite as transactionally. And it's really about it. And I go back to that evolution. It's not just sort of, hey, we need some surgery done. Can you come in and help us do the surgery? And then we're going to go home, or you guys can go home. It's We're on an evolution and a path here, but we don't want you to do it to us. We want you to do it with us and make us self-sufficient so that we can be self-enabling in our transformation. And I'll give you an example of that is, you know, enterprise analytics now and embedding analytics and data-driven decision-making into utilities um, is happening. So the question becomes, do you hire a third party to come in from a utilities perspective to do that analytics for you or to stand up your analytics platform 
or are you trying to build that capability and that knowledge base within your organization such that it can then move from sort of maturity level one to two to three and grow and evolve as new or even you know existing technology like artificial intelligence, you know machine learning and natural language processing. Do you want that capability embedded within the utility, or are you going to continue to rely on third parties? And our view is, you know, utilities as they move to be more you know digital utilities or organizations that are much more uh, employee centric and, and customer focused, data driven. You know, they really need this capability in their organization and not just try and look at it transactionally to buy it when they need it. It is going to be part of their DNA. Uh, well, no, never mind. I was going to make a bad joke and I'm not going to now. Um, <laughs> I'd still like to hear it. <laughs> I was going to say, wouldn't that put you out of business? <laughs> well, it, it, it's not a bad joke. But, but look, this again is a continuing evolution. So transactionally for system implementation and, and upgrades and changes, you know, they're going to be around for still quite a while. Utilities uh, still have quite a long way to go on their journey. But it, it's really a recognition within the organization, within a utility, they need to operate more like a Google and a Facebook. Um, you know, these organizations that, that were born in the digital age, utilities have to evolve to that. Um, a lot of them, I think, you know, I, I'll use an example is a lot of organ, a lot of utilities are planning to what I would call keeping up with the Joneses, which is, you know, your bank offers you a mobile app to do transactions and pay bills. So they need to offer a mobile app to do that. Um, you can go on their website and do the same thing. So the utility has to operate, uh, offer that digital channel. Um, some are moving, you know, chatbots um, uh, are being added to the mix, but I guess for me, it's looking more the next evolution and trying to get ahead of that curve. So instead of continually being one step behind, really moving to be, you know, as we talked about, an agile organization, innovative. So perhaps, you know, Amazon Alexa is a good example of, you know, I know it's talked about in utilities and what could be done. Very few are really pulling the trigger and trying to get ahead of the curve and provide that capability to their customers. Now, it's more, well, once others have done it, you can, you know, ask Alexa what your bank balance is. That's when we'll do it. Um, instead of trying to be at least on par or even ahead of the pack and trying to offer that um, that customer experience. Ross, I'm interested if, in if you think that some of these utilities who are ahead of the curve or trying to be ahead of the curve will ever be at a point where they're kind of productizing these solutions that they're finding successful and using them as significant revenue streams in the future? Uh, so that's a good question. I, I know certainly one of our clients um, has a very specific focus on productizing and, and monetizing some of the investments they're making. Of course, the regulated environment and, and what's kind of permitted um, create some some challenges. This particular client is a, actually a government operated utility, um, and uh, but they've stood up a whole um, a whole group of folks who uh, have that very specific intent in mind, um, not only to share or drive revenue in terms of selling or, or 
sharing some of the uh, the revenue share of sharing that intellectual property with other utilities, but also with uh, from a customer perspective, is productizing across the value chain um, rather than individualistic um, sort of offerings. Those that are are fully integrated uh, together. A question that came to mind. I was thinking about your role as a consultant and how things are evolving in utilities. What's like a what's a hard truth you have to sometimes let, lay down on a utility about this whole process uh, going going huh. forward? Something maybe they don't want to hear, but you have to tell them. That's a it's uh, a loaded question. Um, <laughs> so I think fundamentally, large complex program change in delivery is is difficult. Um, and there is often a view that a utility says, well, we've, we've got the people and we can reallocate them. You know, we have sufficient headcount and capacity to do this. We don't need external help um, to, to execute this. Um, or we don't need as much external help um, as otherwise some might say. So I look at it, I suppose what I have to tell senior executives is a large complex program it is about quality people that sounds kind of not cool to say in the way i just said it and but with the right competencies and experience rather than quantity so having five really experienced individuals who've done it before or at least have done something similar before is better than having 20 people who are all doing it for the first time so as part of the evolution a change in the way that utilities you know, find and interact with new talent? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, good question. One of the things I've seen certainly in the last oh, probably only 36 months or so is, you know, I used to go into a utility and I'd say, oh, hi, you know, nice to meet you, Bob. Uh, how long have you been here and, and what's your background? And, you know, I've been here two years and previously I was at XYZ other utility or another utility in previous to that. You know, that was their career in the utility space. Now I meet people, you know, oh, I'm the XIT director from Starbucks or from Amazon or Google or, you know, where they've operated and what they've done. The talent is coming from other industries and it's really bringing new thinking. And, and the other hard truth, I suppose, is for some of those individuals, some real frustration, you know, them integrating into a utility culture and environment is just so alien to them that um, it's part of a lot of what I do is helping coach them at being successful um, because they can't come in thinking it operates the way Amazon operates. Um, sounds obvious when you say it, but if you've been in an, an environment that's agile and adaptive and entrepreneurial and you come into a utility, it's not how they work often. It's where they're headed and where they need to be, but certainly not where they are today. So. Ross, I really like to ask consultants in, in the space um, this question because we have such a different perspective on things. I think sometimes what excites you most about the energy industry? What are you looking forward to the most in the next year and then maybe a little bit longer, five, ten years down the line? So, so what excites me really is is kind of watching and helping our clients be successful and make that transformation and not just transactionally operate um, to implement the next system, right? The technology isn't the exciting part. It's really helping helping them be successful and then be self-sufficient to continue to be successful. So I suppose that's what excites me. 
you know, the whole customer value chain and experience. And obviously this is what utilities are dealing with when they talk about new products and services or even existing service delivery and reliability. You got to think of the whole value chain uh, and the whole customer experience. Well, Ross, that's really interesting. And I'd love to pick your brain a little bit more on that, but unfortunately we're low on time. Thanks for coming on though. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And Aaron, thanks for coming on and having this conversation with us as well. Thank you, Dylan. You can find our research and media at etsinsights.com. You can find us on social media at Z Prime Research, at D.Y. Lockwood, at Aaron underscore Hardick. If you want to hear more from Ross, he's going to be publishing an article. You'll be able to find that and our up-to-date speaker lineup for ETS19 at ets19.co. And Ross is going to be speaking at that event, so you'll be able to... Uh, chat with him there. My name is Dylan, and we'll see you all next time. Mm-hmm.